It's the Memorial Day sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Sean Del Grand. And we've got over 800 brand new Mazdas with outstanding incentives, like low monthly lease payments and low APR financing. Yep, it's just a great time to buy. So don't miss the Memorial Day sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. Financing on approval of credit. Listening to the San Jose Sharks Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light. Logan Couture wins it in overtime. Now, here's your host, Ted Ramey. Oh yeah, I mean we had time on the bench. We talked about the six on five and all those guys out there on the ice know how to defend it. You know there was a little bit of a missed coverage and we got a little too high off the dots. But uh, you know obviously advantage St. Louis six on five and and we've done that uh, this year. I think it was in uh, in LA. I mean that happens. But uh, you get into overtime and uh, you know you take a penalty. It's tough on a four and three situation. But uh, you know we had the we had a couple chances in overtime. I think Burnsy and Hurdle on a two on one. I thought that uh, you know that goes in. We're we're talking about a different game right now but uh, that's the way the bounce is going you know I think we can feel good about some things about from tonight's game I thought the the guys battled hard I thought that uh, you know we had guys diving blocking shots we had guys you know taking hits to make plays things like that so uh, our young guys Noah Gregor Johnny Leonard um, you know scoring those goals I think there's some good to take out of this and uh, even though it's a tough one to swallow right now I think uh, tomorrow we'll watch the tape regroup have a meeting and and uh, you know, talk about the positives. All right. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Morning Tide. That was a frustrating one last night. I think that was worse than getting your butt kicked because if you get your butt kicked, then it's over and done with. And we saw that happen at the hands of the Colorado Avalanche. You saw that in that first game against them. You just knew it was over, and that was that. But in this one, the Sharks played a really, really good first period in which, yes, the penalty kill was not up to snuff, and they gave up a power play goal. But as the game went on, you thought like, hey, this team's really giving themselves a chance. And the fact that it didn't work out with a win, when you were up with 40 seconds left to go in the game, I don't know. I mean, if if you're Bob Bugner, this this is one that's going to keep you up. And it's just like that first game against the Blues earlier in the year. You have a two-goal advantage. You score four goals on the road. You win the special teams battle and you still find a way to lose. I mean, these things are all just ricocheting around inside your brain as you look at this game and you just think, what on earth happened? And that's that's where I still am this morning. I'm still trying to wrap my head around what happened. And there was a part of me that looked at that and said, you know, I, I remember when the Sharks had done that to other teams, a race to late deficit, and then won it in overtime because that's what good teams do. And there's a reason why the Blues are regarded the way they are right now. They are one of the best teams in the NHL. They are a Stanley Cup champion in 2019. They are loaded with talent, and they are a force to be reckoned with, and they proved just that. They found a way to win that game. That is what good teams do. They find a way to win. A team like the Sharks right now, a team that is still overall finding themselves, unfortunately, they do find ways to lose, and that's exactly what happened in that game. But I think that, It was a good effort, and that's why you end up feeling so much frustration out of that loss. 
Let's back it up a little before we go any further to talk about the absence of Eric Carlson. He did not make the trip to St. Louis. Uh, he is dealing with a groin injury once again. Tomas Hurdle let that slip that it was a groin injury. The team is saying that it's not related to the injury that we previously associate with his groin injury. And on the face of it, I understand that sounds a little bit odd, but you know, like a, there's a lot of muscle down there. It could happen at different locations. What, whatever it is, it doesn't really matter. The, the point is, is that Eric Carlson isn't out there on the ice. He said he'd been dealing with it for a while. I think that if that's true, and judging by his lack of production, I have no reason to doubt the veracity of the statement, then he needs to get 100% right. And he should not go out on the ice until he is 100% right because the Sharks need Eric Carlson to be 100%. Because as I was watching that game against the Blues last night, I was thinking to myself, boy, it sure would be nice if the Sharks had a superstar out there allowing them to have that next push in this game to allow them to go to head 3-1 or 4-1 or whatever it was going to be. And I'll tell you what I did see without question was during the three-on-three, the Sharks were nowhere near as good without Eric Carlson as they were without him. Because I know this is an argument that's running around social media that people say, oh, the Sharks are better without Eric Carlson. I don't buy that for a second. You might not be happy with his production. You might not be happy with his paycheck. There is no way in the world that the Sharks are better without Eric Carlson. I am not absolving him of the fact that he has not been good enough. I am not overlooking the fact that his production is not up to snuff, but I'm also not going to sit here and say that the Sharks are better without Eric Carlson on the ice. That is just simply not true. That said, he needs to get right, he needs to get healthy, and he needs to start contributing for this team just like every other big name on this team needs to be contributing. You had goals from Jonathan Leonard and Noah Greger. That's great, but where is Logan Couture? Where is Tomas Hurdle? Where is Evander Kane? Kane and Hurdle both had really, really good looks that they missed on in this game. That can't happen. Your best players need to bury those shots so that you can go up 3-1 and really take command of a game. That was my biggest problem with what happened for the Sharks in the course of this game. Their biggest players did not make the biggest plays. And that's not to say that there wasn't good stuff from everyone all around the ice. There was. I really liked the effort. One of the things that I thought was absolutely exceptional is how good the Sharks were at slowing down the rush of St. Louis. Every time they tried to enter the zone, the Sharks were breaking up the passes. They were knocking the puck away. They were taking away all the continuity and all the speed from St. Louis. And I absolutely loved it. And I think that you saw Evander Kane, his motor was going, he was running around, he was playing hard, he was skating hard, he was doing everything that you wanted him to do. Tomas Hurdle was making nice passes, was making key plays, was allowing the Sharks to create good opportunities. Timo Meyer, the more and more we got late into the game, the more you saw him making his presence felt. But the problem is, is they weren't the ones finding the back of the net. You love that you can get contribution from a Noah Greger, from a Jonathan Leonard, because the expectation isn't there. 
the onus isn't there. But you need your top six guys to be contributing. You need them to put the puck in the back of the net. And that, again, was what was so frustrating to me about that game because you did so much right. You did so much well. You did so much to put yourself in a position to win that game. But the Sharks could never take control of it. They could never give themselves distance. They didn't give Martin Jones nearly enough offensive support on a night where he was absolutely fantastic. And they find themselves on the losing end of this game. And it's a, it's a real big frustration because to go into St. Louis and play well enough to win to where you are 40 seconds away from winning that game in regulation, you have to win it. It does not matter if they bring on the extra attacker. You have to find a way to win that game. It needs to be the only outcome. It needs to be the only level of satisfaction, not we'll win it in overtime or we'll win it in a shootout. Now, the Sharks did earn a point out of this game, so it is not all bad. You get that much closer to creeping up towards fourth place, but you're not there yet. And yes, it was on the road, and you're now looking at a situation where you have to win game two against the Blues to keep yourselves in the hunt. But ultimately, one of the things that I look at with the Sharks is that you need to find ways to make life easier for yourself because you're not the dominant force that you were in the past. And listen, I think there are good things that we're seeing from the Sharks. The five-on-five five game is getting better. They're playing harder, stronger along the boards in that game against St. Louis. Again, like I said, they did a great job slowing down the entry of the Blues. They did a really good job in blocking shots, disrupting passing lanes. A lot of good growth there. The fact that we are seeing some of the younger players contribute. You're seeing more from Dylan Gambrell. You are seeing more from Noah Gregor, Jonathan Leonard. I love that, and that will allow the Sharks to continue taking steps in the right direction. And let's not overlook the fact that the Sharks, once again, played a really nice second period, played a second period where they outscored the opposition two goals to none, and that's a second straight game where they've done that. These are the steps in the right direction that you like to see the team making. However, if you don't win the game, I'm not going to say that it's all for naught, but it almost leaves a sour, lingering aftertaste where you're like, well, we were better, but it still wasn't good enough to get the win. It still wasn't good enough to get two points. We got one point, but it still wasn't enough. And I think that that mentality is something that can turn on teams because they get it in their head that they're not good enough, that it doesn't matter how well they play or it doesn't matter how much they did right, it's still going to result in a loss. And I think that that's why you see some teams, and I'm not saying this is going to happen with the Sharks, but you do see some teams where guys, they stick with the system up to a point in the game and then it all kind of breaks down. The point is the Sharks need to make sure that doesn't happen with them, right? They need to make sure that they are not the team that gets defeated by adversity. They need to be the team that thrives in the face of adversity. And listen, credit where credit is due to the St. Louis Blues. They kept on gunning at the Sharks. They fought their way back. They tied it with 40 seconds, and they gave themselves the opportunity to win that game. That was huge. And that's going to go a long way for them in building their mentality as they go forward for a team, knowing that there is no deficit they can't overcome no matter how late in a game it is. That is a winner's mentality. And that is something that the Sharks, much in the same way that they have improved their second period, much in the way that Martin Jones has gotten a better game out of himself after being publicly challenged by the head coach, much in the way that the younger players and the team overall have responded to their coach kind of calling them out, they have all responded. 
it's now time for the Sharks to figure out how they can better develop that killer mentality. And it doesn't just happen overnight, right? I mean, it takes a bad loss like that to really hammer home how hard you have to be, how tough you have to be, how unrelenting, how you have to play until the game is over. It wasn't enough that they played well enough for 19 minutes and 20 seconds of that third period, right? They needed 40 more seconds to get the win, and they were not there for those 40 more seconds. That should haunt them all as they're waking up this morning. And I'm not trying to sound overdramatic and not trying to make these guys feel bad about a loss because, listen, this is how professional sports go. Sometimes you can do everything right and end up with the wrong outcome. But I do hope that they wake up pissed off. I hope that they look forward to the next opportunity to go out there against the Blues and play them exactly the same way that they did in Game 1 of this series. They played like the team that wanted it more. They played like the team that was more inviting of the physicality. They played like a team that was more disruptive. The Sharks really controlled this game. The Blues had a good push in the start of the first period. They got that power play goal, and the Sharks, after that, responded really, really nicely. Back and forth in the first period. The second period was all Sharks, and the Sharks controlled all but the last 40 seconds of that third period. Even though the Blues were coming at the Sharks, it seemed like they were always up to the task. It seemed like Martin Jones was able to make big stop after big stop after big stop. He made 40 saves on the night. He does his job that well. He has got to be rewarded with more offensive support. The Sharks are not good enough at this point to win a 2-1 game. And you can say, well, I don't know, Ted. No, they didn't. They lost the game because they were only up 2-1. They needed a buffer. They needed insurance. And again, this is where I point to the absence of Eric Carlson due to injury. The Sharks would have been in a better position to win if he had been playing. The Sharks need Timo Meyer and Evander Kane and Logan Couture and Tomas Hurdle and all these guys to be key contributors. And I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm taking this too harshly and maybe I'm too emotionally wrapped up in it. And that, but that's how it goes. I mean, that's how you are all this morning, right? You don't wake up feeling like, oh, great, I'm so happy the Sharks got a point last night. That was, no, you're pissed off because they were so close. And you've watched this team this year. And Brent Burns talked about it after the game. They're putting forth good efforts. There haven't been games this year, really, where I've watched and said, God, the Sharks just aren't aren't putting forth the effort. They, they put forth the efforts. The first six games of the year where they were 500, they played well enough to win all six of those games. It wasn't until they went up against Colorado where it was like, woof, okay, yeah, Colorado's the better team here. They just got blown off the ice. That, much to the credit of the Sharks, showed how close they were, and that's the thing. This team is so close. It just hasn't been able to hit on all cylinders. You're watching now the second period consistently not be a problem. You're watching Martin Jones not be a problem and actually be part of the solution. He's been playing really, really good hockey. He's been big in front of that net. He's been making big-time stops, and he did more than enough to help the Sharks get a chance to win and put them in a position to win. Now you need to complete it all. You need to close the circle. You need to make sure that you do everything over the course of 60 minutes because that's what it takes right now for the Sharks. And that's why all these games that they have won, the overwhelming majority, have been in a shootout because the Sharks have not been good enough over the course of 60 minutes. They have yet to play that complete 60-minute game. The last two games have been better 
or good examples of what the Sharks are capable of doing, but they're not there yet. They haven't been able to get that complete 60-minute effort. And until they do that, they're going to find themselves in these three-point games, overtime losses, shootout wins, whatever it turns out being, that is a direct result of them not being able to put forth these 60-minute efforts. But again, I do like the fact that we are seeing that it is not that far off. And if it's not that far off and they can keep themselves in the hunt, especially again, while they're back out on the road and now in a tough stretch of scheduling where they're playing the Blues and the Avs and the Knights, they're giving themselves a chance. And yes, there should be some mild solace in the fact that they did pick up a point out of that game last night. But again, the overwhelming frustration should have this team fired up and ready to go on Saturday when they take on the Blues again because A, they have to prove to themselves that they can beat this team and B, they played well enough to beat them already once in this series. They played well enough to beat them in both games of the first series and now you're looking at another opportunity. They've won one out of the three games they've played against the Blues so far this year and they played well enough to win three out of the three games they played against the Blues this year. The Blues are one of the best teams in the NHL. That speaks very positively of the Sharks and it also speaks honestly of the Sharks in their lack of consistency. All right, we are going to take a quick break. On the other side, you are going to hear from Brent Burns, Bob Bugner, Martin Jones, and Noah Greger. And now, a moment of chill from Coors Light. Light, mountain cold refreshment, made to chill after the short but cold beer run from hot tub to cabin. 2020 Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Celebrate responsibly. Welcome back to Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light. Yeah, I think so. I think uh, um, we've worked hard on it, and uh, um, you know, our first uh, our first uh, group of games, we were we were giving up too much, and uh, yeah, we're definitely cutting down on the scoring chances. Five on five, we're generating more. You know, yeah, we did some good things five on five tonight, and uh, um, you know, if it's not one thing, it's another. And now it's uh, you know, we, we uh, our penalty kill allowed that first goal in and took some momentum away from us. But uh, you know, we're doing we're doing some better things, and we're working at it every day. That's head coach of the San Jose Sharks, Bob Bugner, bringing us back here on Morning Tide. He's right. The team is doing some better things. They are playing better than they were earlier in the season, which in a game like last night where they did look to me like the better team throughout most of the game, it's what makes it so frustrating that you don't walk away with the two points, with the win. And hopefully this also shows that the buttons that Bob Bugner has been willing to press show that they are working. There has been a conversation out there that Bob Bugner has been too honest about the San Jose Sharks, that he has been too forthright in what he has said to the media about his team. I don't buy that for a second. I think that if Bob Bugner wants to say what he has said about the San Jose Sharks, it comes from a point of validity. He is not that far removed from his playing career, and he remembers what it was like out there on the ice, and he knows how to push those buttons and when to push those buttons, and it seems that every time that he has pushed those buttons, the team has responded. Now, maybe he says it more forcefully than people are used to, but the fact of the matter is is that he's watched his team respond every time that he has done so. I know that a lot of people were kind of making um, noise about the fact that at morning skate before yesterday's game, he, I guess, kind of chewed out the team. 
And I think that we heard that from a number of players. They said that it was just kind of a, a wake-up call, that they weren't sharp at practice. And Bob wanted to wake them up and get them playing the right way in practice. I just think we weren't sharp early in practice. And we were only out there for 15, 20 minutes. But, you know, just sort of a little wake-up call. Let's, let's get going kind of thing. It was nothing, uh, no real story behind it other than just, uh, you know, sort of a little wake-up call this morning when guys were, uh, you know, travel across the country, got in late last night. And, you know, and, and uh, I just didn't think we had enough energy. And, uh, you know, and, and just, just a little wake-up call, that's all. And after that wake-up call, the Sharks last night had one of their best games of the year. I don't think that is a coincidence. I think Bob Bugner probably saw his team was a little sleepy, a little sluggish, wanted to snap them right back into reality and tell them, hey, you're going up against one of the best teams in the NHL. This is our last chance to prepare before this game. Let's make sure that we get the most out of it. And my reaction to that is that it did indeed work. These guys aren't children. They are professionals. They know that the coach is going to chew them out at times, and that's why these coaches are coaches. They know how to poke and prod and pry and do whatever they need to do to get the best performance out of their players. Coaches, it's not just the X's and the O's. They know how to elicit reaction, and they know that their players understand that. Here's Martin Jones. Uh, it's nothing there. Uh, coaches give us kicking kick the butts all the time, so... Nothing. Yeah, this is not too much for the Sharks to handle. Martin Jones has played in Stanley Cup Finals. Brent Burns, Stanley Cup Finals. Logan Couture, Stanley Cup Finals. These guys know exactly what the coach is trying to do, and I'm sure they invite it as well. They know that there's different people that need to be pressing the buttons at all points. It can't just be Bugner. It can't just be Logan. It can't just be Hurdle. It needs to be the collective. It needs to be coming from all angles to keep everyone on their toes, and preparing in the best possible way, even outside of a game. Yes, you might say to yourself, it's just practice. It's just morning skate. Doesn't matter. they got to be ready for their opponent. They have to be preparing the right way. Now, one of the positive aspects of the Sharks lately is that they are looking much, much better on five-on-five. Here's Brent Burns when he was asked if this was the blueprint that the Sharks want to put out going forward. I mean, I think there's there things we want to clean up about our game, um, but definitely, you know, there was definitely spurts where we played played good, hard, fast game. You know, obviously there was ebbs and flows, things to clean up. But yeah, I, I think that's, uh, you know, there's definitely parts of that game where I, we were in control of that game. And that's something new, the fact that the Sharks have been in control of games, that they have been the team kind of dictating the pace, dictating the tempo. Earlier in the season, we saw the Sharks have really good stretches. We saw them jump out to early leads, but it never really looked like it was what the team stylistically was doing. It was, to me, more individual talents or just effort that was putting them in the lead, but not necessarily in control. And that's why we saw a lot of those early 2-0 leads kind of disappear. Or if the Sharks, I believe early on, they were scoring first in almost all their games, but it wasn't yielding wins. It was just, it was there was good effort out there. There were good performances, but it wasn't overall yielding the type of result that they wanted. Now, in games that we're seeing more and more lately, we are seeing the Sharks stylistically and systematically and structurally take control of the games, be the team that the other team is reacting to. Yes, it is a smaller sample size compared to what we've seen over the course of the entire season, but you have a recency bias because you're watching this team develop. They haven't gotten away from the good things they were doing earlier in the year other than the power play. 
what they have had is an overall strengthening of what they're trying to do. And overall, five on five is looking better. You are seeing Martin Jones look a little bit more comfortable since he was publicly challenged by his head coach. These are the steps in the right direction that you want to see. You don't want to see it go back to just who can be the individual best player on any given night. Sometimes it will take that. Sometimes you do need a Vander Kane or Logan Couture to just go off. That's sports. However, you can't rely on that. And so you need the team's structure and their schematic to be what dictates the game. And that's what I think we're seeing more and more from the Sharks. And a big part of Bob Bugner's system working is Martin Jones being the player that they need him to be and giving them a chance to win. Since he was challenged in that game against L.A., he has responded big time. He's given us a chance in, in all three games to win and, uh, um, you know, big saves at the right times. And that's the key, I think, is, you know, when you talk about goaltending, you know, making the other turn, team earn everything they get and uh, um, and battling. And, and it's, it's infectious. You see your goalie battling and, and uh, um, making a few big saves, obviously, that, you know, that helps your team. And I think that he's given us that energy. He's given us that, uh, that, that game that we need. And Jones was great. Those goals were not his fault. You look at the first one, they're on the penalty kill. He was in a bad position. He made the first stop. There was a rebound that went out. There's only so much he can do. The goal that came at the end of the game, uh, they've got the extra attacker on there. He's doing everything he can to keep the puck out of the back of the net. Not on him. The overtime one, again, St. Louis has the man advantage. And there is a very consistent theme that I am referencing here with regards to the three goals that went in against the Sharks last night. Man advantage, man advantage, man advantage. It doesn't take some sort of hockey savant to figure out that when the other team has a man advantage, it's going to be that much more difficult for your goalie. That's exactly what happened. And it seems like Brent Burns took umbrage with the question when he was asked about this, but it did seem like the Sharks' work rate and their overall effort has been trending in a better direction. It seems like they are trying to be the team that out-efforts or outworks the opposition. I don't think it's fair to say for me to say. You know, I, I don't know. I, I would hope guys, and I think... Guys work hard every day, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? I just mean that in a way like we, we take pride in coming to the rink every day and working. You know what I mean? I think we work hard every day game. Yeah, I just – I just Right. I I'm think, just, from my perspective, it just seemed like you guys were working pretty hard tonight. That's all. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I think – and I would hope that everybody would say everybody works hard every night. You know, I think maybe tonight's a game where it's a little bit tighter in the corners. It's more of a grind game. You know, I think certain games – display different things just the way the game is played i think they're uh, a flank team a lot they they work it from the top to the flank and they're shooting pucks they're slinging pucks from everywhere so the way to defend against it i guess is just getting in lanes and I, but i think we've got guys that lay lay in front of pucks every day and and work every day maybe it looks a little bit more like that in certain games it's a close game too so it's you know a little bit more prison rules at different times of the game i guess i, I don't know and it wasn't like a sarcastic answer i really think I don't know if I would ever play a game and be like, ah, I'm going to take tonight off. You know what I mean? Might look like it. Might look like I'm sleepwalking sometimes, but you don't really try to do it. And you're probably, those nights are the nights you're working harder, I think. You know, you, you know you're in one and you're working harder, not smarter, I guess. I don't know. It's a tough one to answer, actually. There is nothing more fun at this point than watching Brent Burns think himself deeper and deeper into his psychology as a player because he'll start off not really wanting to give much of an answer, but you can tell he takes the question very seriously. 
And he goes into this stream of consciousness zone when answering questions sometimes where you don't really know where he's going with it, but you know it's going to be interesting along the way. And I think that one of the more revealing things that he really said here is that this was a game that was a little bit tighter for the Sharks and maybe that when things are a little bit tighter, you do see a little bit more of that effort shine through because it seems like it's more of a cohesive effort. It seems like more and more of the team is on the same page and I think that's what everybody wants to see. They want to see the chemistry out there between all the players and that is one of the things that I think the Sharks are very close to developing is that team-wide chemistry because we have seen the individual efforts and we have seen some great just overall handling of opposition, but you're waiting just for more everybody to be on the same page. And I think that last night in the last couple of games, particularly in the five-on-five -five battles, you have seen more of what appears to be everybody on the same page. And I think that a nice byproduct of that is that when you are getting these guys to be on the same page, this is finally allowing those younger players that are in the developmental stage that they are finally starting to flourish. That's why you get Jonathan Leonard suddenly scoring in consecutive games. That's why you get Noah Greger contributing. That's why you get Gambrell contributing. That's why you get all these guys playing up to the level that the Sharks think they are capable of. And I think it's something that we really did not see much of last year. And we are seeing it this year, which is very encouraging to me. Here's Gregor on why he has been in and out of the lineup and what the coaches have been trying to see out of him. Yeah, I think it's just a little more consistency. Uh, I think I've played uh, some solid hockey. I've had some solid games here. Uh, I just got to bring it every single night. And he followed up with what Bob was specifically looking for in terms of consistency. I think it's just being, uh, you know, a little harder uh, on pucks, uh, protecting pucks, attacking a little more. You know, I got great speed, but if I don't attack with the puck, uh, you know, I'm not doing much and then just... You know, being hard on pucks, getting pucks out on my own end and uh, being a little more responsible uh, in the D zone. But I think that overall, when we're talking about these younger players in the development they are showing, we are seeing more out of them and more of that development and more of that overall gelling with the team than we were last year. And, you know, there's any number of reasons of why that is occurring. Sometimes guys just need a little bit more time. But right now, I think that if you get these youth guys coming into their own combined with the efforts of the established veterans, the established stars that are on this team, the Sharks are going to easily be in that playoff hunt, provided they look at a game like what happened last night, and it hopefully it just makes them sick to their stomach, and they come out against St. Louis on Saturday, out for blood. So final thoughts, you love the steps that the Sharks are taking to become a better team, but last night was a brutal, brutal loss the type that you hope you don't see again this season. All right, that wraps it up for this edition of Morning Tide. I will see you all Sunday morning for the San Jose Sharks. I'm Ted Ramey signing off. Listening to the San Jose Sharks Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light on the Sharks Audio Network. 